0: Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Happy Monday and welcome to our broadcast. I'm Bill Shanks with Russell Brown here on this beautiful spring day where the sun won't go down until later. Oh, God, we lost an hour. It won't be dark at 545,
1: so shut up about losing your little hour of sleep over the weekend. Isn't That's that better right. trade-off? Well, you didn't lose an hour. The day was the same length. It just, you know, you, you got to work an hour earlier That's today. right. You'll That's be right. home an hour earlier. That's right. And the sun will be out, and you can get in
0: the yard and clean your weeds and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going
1: to do it today. Is
0: it supposed to rain again tonight?
1: I hope not. I was going to try to go for a walk. Gonna I mean, cut. Listening to you yeah. show off. Well, it's, I mean, it's sunny now. I can see. You're right. No,
0: you're right. You're exactly right. It it's uh, supposed to be freezing cold tomorrow, like 32. Mm-hmm. In Macon, at least 32, 34 tonight, 32 Tuesday night, 33 on Wednesday. But look at those spring. I see. I love it. 59. Cause I got shorts on. It is it is right now in Macon, GA. It is 62. <laughs> perfect. Don't give me no crap about, oh, San Diego's perfect at 70. No, it's not. Macon, Georgia's pretty good at 62. A little bit of breeze keep the skeeters and bugs away, right? I mean, it's perfect. Beautiful day here in the state of Georgia. We hope you're doing well. My Lord, do we have a lot of th- things to talk about today. Good grief, we may go to eight. No, no, we won't. The um, NFL and the free agency is underway. The official day to start is not until Wednesday, but we are finding stuff out on Monday. Isn't what that what the Braves got? To In trouble for a few years ago? It is. I'm just kidding. But this is legal tampering. (laughs) That's right. The legal tampering period began today at noon. So with that, we have a lot of moves for the Atlanta Falcons and also for the Jacksonville Jaguars that we can talk about. Earlier this morning, the Falcons traded a seventh-round pick to the New England Patriots for... Janu Smith. Is that how you pronounce it? J-O-N-N-A-U, Smith. He played in Tennessee. So if he's bringing all of his Tennessee people here, there's a running back maybe available. I'll trade a seventh-round pick for him, right?
1: Uh, Seventh-round pick, yes. Because I think he's on the... Other side, yeah. but, I, but I think there's still some gas in that tank.
0: Yeah, I would. I would say, t- how about that extra fifth? I would. Would you trade the extra fifth for him? Yeah, you would. Whew, if the price is right. Yeah. What's the cap hit? That's the question. Janu Smith played the last two years for New England. He had 245 yards receiving this past year, 294 the previous year, and he was a touchdown maker with Tennessee the year before. In 2020, he had 448 yards, receiving eight touchdowns. And who was his offensive coordinator then? Arthur Smith. He was a draft pick, third rounder by Tennessee, 100th overall out of Florida International. He's 6'3", 248. And I think with this acquisition, Russ, we have our second tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, and our dream of Darnell Washington coming
1: has (laughs) fallen apart. Uh, yeah, that, I guess that would be the downside here. Unless last, your I mean, boy but, gets traded. Well, that, yeah, yeah, well, there's that. But I, I think <laughs> right now, you know, I go back to when the Patriots had Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski on the same team. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised, like, nobody's tried to emulate that uh, since, really. And I think that's what the Falcons may be trying to do because these are – Kyle Pitts – and, and and the the guy they acquired today are both just freakishly athletic for their position. Well, they are, and and look, I I am disappointed that it will not be Darnell
0: Washington for Atlanta. I now hope Jacksonville gets him with the twenty fourth overall pick. To be honest with you, putting with Evan Ingram, I think that would be unbelievable for the Jaguars. But this is someone that Arthur Smith is is familiar with and comfortable with, and therefore we have to believe that, you know, it's going to happen. And they're going to have those two tiny ends. By the way, sidebar, stop and move to college basketball. Damon Stoudemire has just been named as the head basketball coach at Georgia Tech. That tweet just coming from the Georgia Tech men's basketball program. Damon Stoudemire, the former point guard, a very good NBA player who played at Arizona with Josh Pastner. How about that? And so this was kind of out there over the weekend, Russ, that they were kind of focusing in on him. I didn't even know he was coaching. He was coaching for the Celtics. And now Damon Stoudemire is the new head coach at Georgia Tech. Your thoughts as we, I mean, literally have just learned this has happened officially now.
1: Well, it's, um, it's an odd hire. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad one because I think in NBA circles, there were teams that were kicking the tires on him to be a head coach in the NBA um and his he he was a head coach at pacific and did a really good job turning that program around um but i i think it is odd that it, there's not really any ties to this part of the country or georgia Tech um and also for i think it was just for one year but he was an assistant on Josh Pastor's staff at Memphis yeah so it's it's definitely out of left field um for sure but you know he's been with the Celtics, which is a really good organization and if there were nba teams kicking the tires on him then I, that, that that sounds pretty good to me this guy played for toronto
0: portland memphis and san antonio he had very good seasons with the toronto raptors early on as he was drafted out of arizona and i remember when jason terry was drafted out of arizona uh there were some comparisons to damon stoudemire because of Point guard who played for um what was that coach there at Arizona blonde oh, uh, uh, white Lute hair. Olson Lute Olson, thank you sir. Oh my god, Jason Terry loved Lute Olson. I mean, he was just I think he passed away, didn't he? A couple years ago. And uh, remember his wife died and they yeah. were so impacted by his wife passing away and anyway, they loved Lou Olson and so he played for Toronto, then several good years for Portland where he his numbers went down a little bit after he left Toronto, where he was almost a twenty-game, twenty-point per game score. Then he went to Portland, and then two years at Memphis, three years at Memphis rather, and one uh, half of a year in San Antonio, and then he retired. But he was a very good player. And you know, look, um, look at Jerry Stackhouse in Vanderbilt. We're we're seeing more. Of course, is Penny still at Memphis? Uh,
1: I do believe so. Yeah. So
0: you know, Penny Hardaway, who I loved, I love Penny Hardaway. One of the best players I think of his generation he was a he was just really really good fun to watch wasn't he he was just a really fun player to watch he is has um has had a coaching career and now Damon Stodemeyer uh who has coached at Memphis Arizona Memphis again Pacific and then at Gonzaga and there you go. So um, he has been with the Celtics, and now he is with the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. At Pacific, which I presume is somewhere out west, he was 71-77, and 77. 480. He was in the West Coast Conference not a very good record but i mean obviously this is a name is this name recognition type thing Russ? is that what this is in in a, in I,
1: that's a probably fact? part of it uh you know and it's, uh, you can sell a path to the nba because he's got that experience too but and, you know if you if you look at what he did at pacific and i mean he took over a team that was winning three or four games a year and you know by the fourth season they won 20 games so you know he 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 definitely turned that program around And then in his final year, the COVID year, they went nine and nine. And uh, I'm not sure why he left after that. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I think name recognition, a path to the NBA, that's that's up there on the list for sure. Well, we'll see if this works. We have no
0: idea. Obviously, uh, Jay Bat has um, a good feeling about this and believes that uh, this is the guy. This was a quick hire. The pastor firing just happened, of course, on – friday and then boom here we go so they obviously had this hire on their mind when they made the decision to go ahead and pull the trigger on josh pastor and we'll see if this works look um as we said before pastor was fired whomever is going to be hired has to know how to deal with the transfer portal i've seen transfers going to the portal today all day long from the Twitter accounts with the transfer portal about this guy going in there. I don't know these guys. I mean, uh, but there are a ton of basketball players going in the portal, and therefore it's going to be the same kind of revolving door it was in football. And both Georgia and Georgia Tech need to get after it because it's – I mean, I'm telling you, I don't know how – it'll be interesting in about five or six years for us to see if, on average, a college basketball program changes half of its roster through the portal every single year. Is that an overreach
1: or do you think I that's possible? I, I, no, I don't I don't think it's an overreach cuz you're cuz I think you're looking at you know what, what right now 35 40% of these guys hit the transfer portal. Uh it, it it grows every year. It doesn't seem to be slowing down. So it it's almost like <laughs> you know, we used to complain about college basketball with the one and done cuz these guys went around two or three years and you didn't know who is playing to now, I mean, it's that on steroids. Because you're basically – I mean, in some instances, you know, you're able to retain players. Some teams are, but for the most part, I think it's just it's – it's, it's different from year to year. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch this
0: sport in the college ranks and what kind of happens. I think it's going to be rampant change every single year. From the secret text line, Skip Seda underwhelmed with my basketball coach can't you people ever be happy my god Alex thumbs up or thumbs down he's shrugging his shoulders can't you people ever be happy Pepper's gonna call up later who the hell is Damon Stonemeyer I can hear it right now I mean come on well look and I don't know I have no how do you know you don't you don't know you have no clue it is a little odd because, like you said, there's no geographical tie. That may not matter anymore
1: as long as you can get people out of the portal. I'm telling you, I just think that's it. Well, and I don't know that Jay Bat would ever speak to this. I mean, I mean, he may get asked about it. But I mean, I, I, the, the feeling was with football that was that was a higher on a budget. Is this a higher on a budget? And if it is, then I think he did pretty good. It's not like we're sitting here going, "Well, well let's Google this. Who the hell's Damon Stoudemire?" You know, and and he does have head coaching experience where he was successful. Yep. Um, well, and along those
0: lines, let me see. Damon Stoudemire probably Damon Stoudemire made in his career ninety nine point six seven two million dollars. God, wouldn't you just stay around for one more damn paycheck for one more year? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't million? be taking over a head coaching job at Georgia Tech right now. I'd be on a beach somewhere. No kidding. Ninety nine million. So he's got what forty in the bank. Oh. At least while well, it's not in one of those San Diego banks he's in good shape <laughs> 99.6 million dollars is what Damon stottermeyer made so Georgia Tech's paying him a
1: stipend every year <laughs> <laughs> so you think Jay Bat's like hey uh can you kick something into the old collective there <laughs> he's he's uh he's getting a high school
0: stipend <laughs> well uh, you will see like we say we, we'll see if this works or not we we do not know. But it is official that it has happened that Damon Stoudemire is the new head coach. All right, back to, back to the Falcons now. Janu Smith, the new second tight end for this team. Seventh-round pick going to New England. Now, he is expecting to have a pretty significant double-digit cap hit. And that is supposedly going to be reworked which is good because I really wasn't excited about that. This, though, Russ, is all about him coming back to be with someone who he's familiar with, with Arthur Smith, who got a lot out of him. You know, I I think a lot of people were a little surprised even before Kyle Pitt's injury last year that he was not on pace for the same kind of season that he was having. And I, I, don't, I don't know why, why that is. I don't know what the, the deal is with that. But regardless, um, you know, th- this is going to be interesting. We've talked a lot about, uh, about the possibility of a second tight end. Uh, we, we felt like between, you know, Parker ha- Haas and the others that they needed someone a little bit more significant. So th- this is their guy, and we know what they want to do. They're going to have another receiver. This is another receiver. And so um this is going to be interesting without a doubt to see how this how this works out. I mean, I you know, I think we knew that one was coming whether it was the draft or free agency, they made a trade, got another one and so, you know,
1: I you got to I don't like I don't like the head coach, but I think you have to trust him. Yeah, they he knows what he's doing with these tight ends. And um you know, like you said, you still need to go get another wide receiver, preferably a burner that can stretch the field, but You've got Drake London, you've got now that you've added Smith, you've got Kyle Pitts. That's a pretty solid trio right there. Um and I think Desmond Ritter's is going to be really excited uh, to have that group of targets to throw to. It should help him. And I think Pitts' numbers will start to go back up too because Marcus Mariota is not the quarterback. So that that'll help his numbers out a so. little bit too. Yeah. Uh but I can't wait to see how they plan to use these two tight ends in tandem. Um Again, I, I'm, I'm with you. I was kind of had my own Darnell Washington to be that guy, but this this will work um, because th- th- they've got one of the best tight end groups in football now.
0: Yep, no doubt. No doubt about it. All right, the other big signing for Atlanta from another team is David Onyemata. Three years, $35 million. Now we played with the enemy, but the general manager and the defensive coordinator both came from the enemy. So they'd know him. So, again, a familiar player to the people who are in charge. David Onyemata, three years, $35 million, $24.5 million guaranteed over the first two years of the contract. Now, he had five sacks last season, a career-high 6.5 sacks in 2020, but his pass pressure percentage has fallen the last couple of years. 12.6 in 2020, 12.1 in 2021, and 9.6 in 2022. He's 30 years old, 6'4", 300, and, you know, he's going to be right there beside Grady Jarrett. We knew that this was going to happen, that they were going to bring someone in, so again, do we trust them that once again, this is someone they know and can depend on, and the 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 edge has not been brought in yet. I mean, they brought back Lorenzo Carter, who obviously is a a rotational-type player. They have been linked to others, the kid from Texas Tech, Nolan Smith, for the eighth pick in the draft. That's a possibility. There are a ton of defensive ends that are on the market that have not moved as of yet, including some very interesting veterans like Jadavion Clowney and Justin Houston. So they have at least strengthened the defensive line with David Onyamata And remember now that their other defensive lineman who they had last year, Taquan Graham, who was a uh, fifth-round pick in the 2021 draft, looked like he was doing a little bit better last year. Then he tore his ACL, and he's gone. Now, when he'll come back, I don't know, but he started nine of the 11 games he played in last year next to Grady Jarrett. They knew they needed an upgrade, and now they've got one. The only thing I don't like about this is I don't like all these people who played in New Orleans. Can't we look at another roster for crying out loud? I don't trust these people. Are they fully vetted by one of those stupid companies they bring in to try to hire a coach? Can we have a... Consulting committee for former Saints
1: players. Yeah, as long as they've been dunked in the Chattahoochee, I'm, I think we'll be okay. Okay. Um, now, the, the here's the thing about Anyamata uh, that I really like. He counts ten million towards their cap this year, right? So that that makes me feel a little bit better about that situation.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, look, is not a bad football player, and and again, um, the pieces of the puzzle. They did not sign Jadon Hargrave, Javon Hargrave. I'm sorry. He signed with San Francisco in a huge deal, four years and $84 million, so $21 million per year. So obviously on Yamada comes a little bit cheaper than Javon Hargrave, who is undoubtedly the number one defensive tackle on the, on the market this year. And with him going to San Francisco and teaming with Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, the 49ers, at least on defense,
1: have their stuff together. Can that carry them until Brock Purdy gets back? It's going to have to, yeah. Uh, they, they look, that's going to be and, – and plus, you know, Kyle Shanahan really likes that ground and pound. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, 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 that's, that's going to be the plan is to hold down the fort till Brock Purdy can get back. Jimmy G just signed with the Raiders, so he
0: is gone from San Francisco. And so um, they still have Trey Lance, who may have to be – in control until Brock Purdy gets back. <laughs> it's just kind of funny that Brock Purdy, as Mr. Irrelevant, is going to probably take over as the uh, quarterback over Trey Lance, who is fourth in the draft, third in the draft,
1: right? Yeah. No, Crazy. It's, it's like we were saying last week, it's it really is a crapshoot, these quarterbacks in the draft, and that just proves it right there. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. All right, so they sign on Yamada.
0: They traded for Jonu Smith. They re-signed their guard, Chris Lindstrom, to a five-year deal for $105 million. No question that was something they had to do. Chris Lindstrom, the best player on their offensive line by far. By watching them, you don't need to see the pro football focus grade. I think you can watch them and know that that's the case. They brought back their punter, Bradley Pinion. Is that how you pronounce that? I think it's pinyon. Bradley Pinyon, three years, $8.65 million. I think if he's in New Orleans, it's Pinyon. Oh, okay. So Eddie from Ackworth may say Pinyon. He might. He might. <laughs> and uh, he did a pretty good job for him. They also re-signed their fullback, Keith Smith, who seemed like he's been with them forever, doesn't it? And he has been with them for a pretty good amount of time. And so now we're waiting on what's next. We have not heard about Jesse Bates yet, Russ. And, again, that defensive end, that's what I'm curious about. I, I think the offensive line, I still think they need a guard. To me, of what we've seen so far and what we expect to have happen, I think number eight is leaning toward Peter Skoronsky or Broderick Jones. As of right now. Now, could it change in the next segment? Oh, yeah. But, I, I, you know what, I just think uh, with McGarry not back yet, you would think if they were going to get McGarry, it would have been a quick deal to get him back. He's obviously going – and look, uh, the the um, McGlenchy kid from San Francisco signed a huge deal with Denver today, five years, $87.5 million. And if I'm Caleb McGarry, I'm licking my chops because I don't think people thought that McGlenchy was going to get that. And if they think McGarry's team thinks that he can get that – He's not coming back to Atlanta. I'll be shocked, won't you? Yeah, yeah, uh, that would really surprise me for sure. So we'll see what happens with the offensive line, but that's what the Falcons have done so far today. And look, things are happening, so it could definitely – something can happen during the show, and we'll keep you updated as much as we can. The other big signings of the day, we mentioned the Hargrave to the 49ers. Shai Tuttle, another player for New Orleans, has signed a three-year deal with Carolina, 19.5 million bucks. Andrew Wiley, who had an aunt who used to live in Mayberry, who threw parties for single people all the time. How do you do, Mrs. Wiley? Got to be a real good Andy Griffith Show watcher to know what the hell I'm talking about. He signed with the Commanders today. Reunited with Eric Bieniemy, and it feels so good. And we mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's the main things that have happened. Oh, Ben Powers, a guard who I had on my list of the Falcons, signed with Denver as well. So the Broncos are doing everything they can to protect their old quarterback, Russell Wilson. All right, um, college football real quick. Georgia Tech spring football starts today. Brent Key out there. Georgia starts tomorrow. I think with that, Russ, we can say officially spring
1: football is back in the state of Georgia and back in general, which is a good thing, isn't it? It's a great thing. Yep, it's a great thing. And uh, Georgia Southern will get underway in about eight days. So uh, we can let the uh, UGA quarterback talk begin. It's official.
0: Oh, my God. The phone calls the next three weeks are going to be unbelievable from the people who want to pick a
1: side. Well, and the, and I hope after back to back national championships, the doom and gloom stuff doesn't come in. It's coming, you know. Well, they're both gonna. Tr- the two losers are gonna transfer. <laughs> you can hear it already. What are we gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> win another national title. <laughs> Carson Beck, Rock Vanegriff, and Gunnar
0: Stockton—the three candidates for the Georgia quarterback battle—which will be fun to watch. And if Carson Beck doesn't get it. Oh. Ken from Macon may implode. What's the difference between ex- explode and implode?
1: Is there a difference? Explode. I actually do know this from sports arenas going down. Because ex- they implode the sports arenas. So that it basically falls in on itself. Explode goes out. Okay. I, I learned that when they knocked down the uh, Fulton County Stadium. So it's probably better
0: to explode if you're a human and you don't like what's going on in your particular team than <laughs> implode. <laughs> yeah,
1: because then you get all over them. Yeah. <laughs> they have to clean up the mess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right things you learn on the bill shank show we just had something right there we will take a break come back and talk basketball and then baseball with russ brown i'm bill shanks you're listening to the bill shank show one more football note before we get to basketball the jaguars have lost Joanne taylor their left tackle excuse me their right tackle who started all 17 games for Jacksonville last year. He signed a big contract with the Chiefs to replace Orlando Brown, who has not signed yet, right? Uh, and the Chiefs have lost a couple members of their offensive line. We we mentioned the Wiley kid uh, a little earlier. Dwan Taylor, I, I think most people thought that Jacksonville had a chance to bring him back, but remember, they've already – put a bunch of money into Cam Robinson, the former Alabama offensive lineman, to be their left tackle. Walker Little, who was, I think, a second or third-round pick for them out of Stanford a couple of years ago, who started the three games at the end of the season that Robinson missed, is probably going to sneak over there to the right tackle spot. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in another veteran. Of course, last year the Jaguars brought in Brandon Scherf, as a veteran from Buffalo and also drafted Luke Fortner and they had a fairly good offensive line last year so I think they'll be okay without Taylor. Um, also Trey Herndon is a defensive back that the Falcons have been linked with. He is an offensive or rather a, a defensive back and he is uh, out there on the market. I know Justina Anderson reported the Falcons were interested in Herndon and he was getting a lot of attention, so we'll keep an eye on that to see what the Jaguars are going to do for their secondary. All right, basketball. We mentioned now again the breaking news that Damon Stoudemire is the new head coach at Georgia Tech. And we will uh, see in the press conference that will probably be happening tomorrow or Wednesday exactly what the tie was with Jay Bat the new athletic director, relatively new athletic director at Georgia Tech, for him to pick Damon Stoudemire and how many people they considered and all that stuff. College basketball, have you got your bracket ready, Russ? I do not. Are you going to get a bracket ready,
1: Russ? Uh, before Thursday, yes. Are you really? I will. I, w- just, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'll have fun with it. But, yeah, I w- I'll do a bracket.
0: Let me know how that goes. Kennesaw State is going to face Xavier in the first round. Are you going to pick a Kennesaw State to upset Xavier in the first round on Friday in Greensboro?
1: You know, since I'm kind of approaching this year's bracket with I don't really care, I'm just doing it for fun, I might put KSU in the Final Four. It'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Xavier, they think
0: they're so hot. Yeah. Midwest region, so we'll see what happens there Friday at 1240. Go Owls. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I, I'm rude for them, aren't you? I think it's 100%, a great story.
1: Yeah, I, we, don't ever, we haven't had a team in the NCAA tournament from this state. And gosh, was was it when Georgia State upset Baylor? Was that the last time? Yeah. I mean, it's just been a while. So, just something to cheer for, something to look no forward kidding. to. No
0: kidding. 12-40 on Friday in Greensboro. Also, the Georgia women are going to face FSU on Friday. First round of the women's tournament. Is that okay to say women's tournament, or do we have to call it something else? I think women's tournament's okay. I'm just making sure. The Seattle region, it's in Iowa City, Iowa. How close is Iowa City, Iowa to Seattle? Not very. Georgia women are a 10 seed, and so we'll see how they do in the Seattle region in Iowa City, Iowa.
1: Wait. You ever what? been there in your travels? I, no, I've never, I've never been to Iowa. <laughs> I've been close. I've been to Nebraska. I've been to Minnesota. Is that close? But, but not Iowa. Yeah, that's pretty close. But, but wait a minute. So the Georgia women are playing Florida State in Iowa City in the Seattle region. Uh huh. None of that makes sense.
0: Same people who have the braids on the road for the first week of the season in the baseball season. <laughs> in, in Washington, D.C., no. <laughs> Schedulers. you got to love them. By the way, if you want to know what's wrong with this country, among other things, those two pieces of crap who were rooting for Alabama,
1: who had those shirts on—I mean, what do you say? I—I don't—I don't know, man. Uh, college basketball is just kind of a big turnoff for me right now. I mean, now uh, you know, and, and then the what
0: the reporter goes down there to try to talk to him about it, and they tell him to blank off. Like, who are you people? Uh, you know who i feel sorry for number one their kids because they probably procreated (laughs) and what the hell did they procreate when they procreated right i mean seriously i'm telling you you can fight through all this stuff everything that's going on in this country bad parenting and people who shouldn't procreate are part of the problem i mean what kind of parents are those people to wear those kind of shirts and then tell the reporter to f off
1: well awful that, that that is terrible that is that is your ass didn't come back on Sunday though, right? I don't think so. I didn't see him, but I just I think they said they're going to keep him out. Yeah, no, and they should. I mean, it's just the whole thing, the whole thing's a dumpster fire, and it could, that that could have been handled already. I know,
0: and I still wonder if that kid was not one of the best players in the
1: country, would he have been suspended or not? I don't. Th- I think college athletics in general is headed down the wrong path, but and and I say that to say this: if Brendan Miller was in the NBA, he'd be suspended. I mean, I just saw where Trevor Bauer had to sign with a team in Japan, four million dollars. I mean, where's where's the line, and 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 is there? And and I think now we're starting to ask: is there a line? Like, what do you have to do to actually? I don't know. I don't know. Well, the school obviously didn't want to
0: step in. Conference obviously didn't want to step in, and the NCAA's got their thumb up their butt, right? I mean, let's just be honest they they did nothing. So, who's the governing body of college basketball when something like that needs to be addressed? If the team's not going to do it, because he was scoring twenty something points per game, I
1: guarantee if he scored two point seven points per game, it'd be a different story. I I have a hard time disagreeing with that. I. I think you're right, and I think it was a basketball decision, and it's just – it's it's uncomfortable.
0: And the people on social media – I mean, those Alabama people, they beat that drum,
1: damn it, you know?
0: They just – they do.
1: I, 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 just, I, I just wonder, like, what does a guy what, – what does somebody have to do? I, I just – and I think not to get too – Far down this rabbit hole, but Daniel makes this point a lot, and I think he's 100% right. I think at the college level there are fewer and fewer newspapers, fewer and fewer journalists covering the sport, and more and more of that slack is being picked up by I ILoveMyTeam.com guy. <laughs> yeah, You know what? He's right. Oh, God, we don't need to get down this road. Do <laughs> yeah, That's why I was hesitant to even say it. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with I Love ILoveMyTeam.com guy until, like, real new stuff happens around the team. You know, which so 95, 97% of the time, it's that's not that big of a deal. But when something serious like this happens, like it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And like I said with the University of Georgia unfortunate
0: accident, what the Atlanta Journal Constitution did should win them journalism awards because that's not done very much anymore. And with all due respect to those guys who we like a great deal, UGA Sports. And Dog Nation and uh, uh, On3, Dogs, H- they're not going to do those kind of stories. You think they're going to do that kind of journalism story on those, web- on those team websites Mm-mm. and risk losing subscribers who are really coming to them and paying their $9.99 a month to see what 10th grader in Luda Wissy is looking at the dogs? and you're instead supplying stuff about a accident that claimed the lives of two people. No, we don't want that. That's why they dog cussed the AJC. And I'm telling you, you may not want to hear this, Georgia fans, but what the Atlanta Journal-Constitution did is the best piece of journalism in this state in years. Years. And I I, 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 I know that people aren't going to agree with me, and I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. It, it, it's That's journalism. That's not sucking up to myteam.com. That's not getting on television and screaming like Stephen A. Smith. That's journalism. That's what that is. That's what people go to school to learn how. Well, it's what used to. What used to go. Now they go to school to learn how to do internet stories, summaries. Don't get me started on that. But anyway, all right. So good luck to the Kennesaw State men, the Georgia women, and we'll see how they do both on Friday. Hawks lost to the Celtics. Damn, they could not miss a shot. Did you watch any of that game on Saturday night? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of it. Holy Boston crap. Red hot, man. I mean, golly. Uh, I mean, they're good. They're really, really good, Russ. Uh, they're they're going to be really tough in the playoffs because I mean when Jalen Brown and <laughs> and those guys, and then they have this Hauser kid, Mark Hauser, or whatever the hell his name was. What was his name? Not Mark, but it was some some white guy off the bench named Hauser who was just Doogie. banking up three Doogie Doogie Hauser. <laughs> Never knew Doogie could play a men's sport,
1: but I mean, my gosh, he was just throwing up threes and they were falling in. Yeah, you know, and the Hawks were competitive in the yeah. contest. I, I I know the more old losses. Our moral wins aren't something that they're looking for, but I, I love the direction this team is headed ever since Quinn Schneider took over, and I know they're still in the honeymoon period, but they have really responded his, to his coaching, you can tell.
0: Well, they have, and I'm with you. I agree because they are they're fighting hard. They don't give up, and, and he doesn't let them get up. They give up. They had a couple of crappy calls on them the other night where he went nuts. And Nate McMillan wouldn't have reacted at all, so that was good to see a little reaction by the head coach. But, you know, Trey's playing at a pretty good level, although he's still heaving up. They need to stop Trey Young and these heaving up these, these logo shots like they had to stop Josh Smith from hitting 20-footers 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just it, not working. It's, and, and, I mean, if you're going to do that stuff, you really got to pick your spots. You know, if, if you do it with four minutes to go in the first quarter, okay, and then you miss, it's like, okay, don't do that again. But man, when when it's a tight game, late third, fourth quarter, and you just jack one up like that, especially when there's like, you know, 19 seconds on the shot clock, it's just, oh, come on, man, work for a better shot than I that. I know, yeah, yeah, really, that, that that's
0: something I hope in time, Quinn Snyder, a guard, will be able to help Trey Young with. You know what I'm saying? I mean that. He's just got to get smarter after five years and stop. Because I think he wants to do it, really. I hate to say this, so we can turn around and shimmy.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's like, it's, you know, it's his thing, right? I mean, it's, it's his thing. So, some guys have the no-look pass. Some guys have the special dunk. Like, his thing is the, is the logo three. Like, I think he's trying to make that his thing. And I just mm. make – Win. How about yeah, make winning yeah, your make, thing? Make winning a title your thing.
0: Jeez. Yeah, it's just a little too much. Because you're right. I mean, it's the spot. If they're up by 10, okay, take a heave at it. Sure. Sure. Why why not? But, you know, down by six and you're wanting to – you know, no, it ain't going to work. I mean, so, anyway. SEC Network just announced the Georgia Pro Day will be on Wednesday at 10 a.m. and be televised on SEC Network. And then the Georgia G-Day game on Saturday, April the 15th will be televised at 4 p.m. on ESPN2. That's your back-to-back national champion Georgia football G-Day game. Oh, and the quarterback competition will be at a high on that day. Cannot wait. All right, Hawks play Minnesota tonight. Two teams are 34-34. and This ought to be a winner.
1: Well, and Anthony Edwards comes back to town. That's right, Ant Man, and he's going to play. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that guy. He's great. Oh, you don't have to worry about him playing, right? Like, that's right. He, he wants to play. He
0: wants to play. It's like his job, and he enjoys it, and he doesn't have to take a a day off. And that'll be good. We'll have that. Uh, well, we'll have it around the Georgia show. No,
1: they're, no, they're done. We we oh, we'll they're done. The full thing. Oh, yep. that's right. I didn't
0: know if they were doing one one more show. Yep, they're all done. all right. We'll have the Hawks on the whole series of frequencies tonight the great steve holman will have the hawks and the T wolves two teams are both 34 and 34 on the night i predict double overtime we'll take a break come back talk baseball right after this 13 minutes before the top of the hour thank you very much for being with us final in seven innings today Braves 6, Baltimore 5. Why the hell do they play seven innings? Rain. Okay. I thought there was some Rob Manford reason. (laughs) Jeez. Dylan Dodd. I'm telling you, Russ, we got something with this kid. Four more scoreless innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts. He's not allowed an earned run in Grapefruit League games. He allowed one in one of those WBC exhibitions last week. Yesterday, Jared Schuster did very well for the Braves against Pittsburgh against their main lineup, which I know is not the greatest lineup in the world. But still, Jared Schuster went three and two-thirds, one hit, one run, no walks, five strikeouts, gave up a solo home run. I believe it was to Brian Reynolds, wasn't it? Yep. And so we have a little situation brewing down there in Florida which will be down there next week for a few days. That situation is a competition for the fifth starter job. Now, from all accounts, the first four spots are pretty much locked in. That is Max Freed, who's a beast. God almighty, sign him. They had an article about him the other day, and it's just sign him. Sign him, sign him, sign him, sign him, sign him. Sign him. I see Alex, I may embarrass myself down in Florida. I think it would be worth it. Sign him. Alex. Alex, sign him. Skinny boy out there. Anyway, you got Spencer, who's a beast. I, 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 I have no reason to believe at all right now there's going to be any downturn on Spencer Strider's performance from a year ago. I'm seeing people predicting for the Cy Young Award. I, I just, you know, we'll see, right? He's got to stay healthy. We know that. But I, I see no reason to feel that he's not going to be the same pitcher we saw. And now he's got number 99 on his back. He's pissed. He's like the guy, you know, Charlie Sheen without the HIV. He's ready to go. I mean, I, do you feel I, good about him like you did last year? I feel great.
1: I, I mean, I feel better than I did last year. Um, you know, last year we still didn't know if he was going to be a starter or a closer. and. You know, now we know he's going to be a starter, and if he can get those 30-33 starts, man, I, I just—he's—I think he'll be in the conversation for the Cy Young Award. I mean, the, the Me way too. he just blows people away. It's not – like we, we talked about it last week. I mean, he doesn't have to fool people with his stuff, but he's capable of doing it.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just I, – I think he's fine. I really do. Charlie Morton, all to a good start. Now, Kyle Wright has not performed yet. In an exhibition game, and it is March 13th, so you have to wonder about that a little bit. Now, they say that he's going to do that this week, pitch in a game this week, and that he should be ready to pitch perhaps in the fifth game, which would be on the s- Saturday in St. Louis. Is that right? Anyway, whatever it is. No, it would be Saturday. It would be the Monday, to- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, probably the next Tuesday. So it will be a little more time. He would pitch in Game 5, and they think, as of right now, that he'll be ready. If not, we'll see. Now, Ian Anderson has had some good, some bad, and it's really up to him, right? I mean, he's got to go out there and do the job. He's got to go out there and be solid because he's in the competition. Bryce Elder's not done great, okay, kind of like Ian, some good, some bad, but Russ, these two kids, Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster, are pushing these guys, and I love the competition.
1: That well, you know, we this was supposed to be between Anderson and Soroka, and that never really got off the ground. You know, and and Ian's working in the new slider, so I think some of this up and down is, is to be expected with him. But w- with with Dylan and Schuster, I mean, that's you want competition. And we talked about it all the time having competition for that fifth starter slot. You don't want that just handed to somebody. And uh, those two have emerged, and it gives you two things. It gives you that competition, and you know this team's going to have that starting pitching depth you need when they go into the season. What was it, 11 guys made a start last year or something yep, like that?
0: Yep, yep, yep. So I love what we've seen from all the pitchers. You know, I mean, I, I'm okay with the end so far. He's got to continue to do well, like I say, but I think um, he and Elder and, and Schuster and Dodd, let's continue to see them do well. It's really, really good so far. All right, so uh, I got a text from a buddy of mine who was listening to the game on the radio today who was panicking because evidently the radio guys, whomever it was, were talking about the fact that Braden Shoemake might be the starting shortstop for the Atlanta Braves. Now, look, I I don't care who the starting shortstop is. I'd rather it, I guess I do when I say I'd rather it be Vaughn Grissom. 'Cause I do. I, I want Von Grissom to, to be the guy. Von Grissom's hitting two eighty so far. He was one for four yesterday. So today, Brain shoemaker led off. He's hitting three thirty three. He had two RBI. He had a triple. He now has four RBI on the on the spring. And so he's having a good spring. Okay, that's fine. Defensively he's going to be a little bit more polished than Von Grissom. I get that. Look, they may decide that they want to see Vaughn Grissom go down to triple-A. I don't agree with that, but they know better than I do because I think he's ready. And I've never been the biggest Braden Shoemake fan, and Bowman said something on MLB.com's Twitter account earlier this afternoon that I think is correct, and that is, look, if he can hit, he's got a chance to be a starting shortstop. The hit part's always been my – Question mark, and that would be something that we would have to simply see because he's consistently had issues with his offense, which is what I question about him being a, a first-round pick several years ago. So, again, competition. I don't care. I, I want somebody good, and, and if Grissom can't do it, let's try Shoemaker. If Shoemaker can't do it, let's do, Ar- do Arcia. If Arcia can't do it, then you know what I'm saying? Just have options available because, by the way, Dansby Swanson's hit no fifty six. And it's March thirteenth. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, let's just have somebody step up and then we'll be fine. Don't thought you it was, think?
1: Yeah. I mean I know it's spring training, but I thought it was a big deal in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> not like Atlanta, where we no, don't care. Not, yeah, it's not like Atlanta. We don't we don't care. We just sit around
0: all day and we, you know have no concern about sports in this peach state. That's us. Yeah, right. Spring training has got a couple more weeks, but it's getting closer to the start of the season, which is good. Can't wait. You are listening to The Bill Shank Show.